0: Hello, hello! I am Ashley Caudill, Senior Instructional Designer at the School of Education and Human Development at the University of Virginia, and welcome to Designed for Online. podcast we will discuss hot topics around online teaching and learning. We will be posting new episodes the first and third Tuesday of every month so be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out. For years the discussion forum has been used as a tool for connection and online learning. For many instructors, however, the transition from the classroom to virtual learning has been a fairly recent experience, and the task of translating discussions from one space to another can be challenging. While skeptics might argue that online learning doesn't establish the same level of student connection and engagement, research, however, shows that students can and do learn from the collaboration that takes place in well-designed discussion forums. I was reading a study the other day and there was a statement that really stuck with me. Online discussions can lead to the construction of new knowledge as individuals share learning and negotiate information through conversations. The study also referenced that the time between discussion postings can actually lead to more reflective responses than those of face-to-face situations. Now this study talks about the benefits of online discussions, but what makes an effective online discussion? As many of us prepare for our online courses this spring, you might find yourself wondering how to energize your group discussions. How can you be more intentional about creating spaces that facilitate social connections and motivate learners to participate and remain active in discussions? How can you use this space as an instructor to establish our presence and further enrich student learning? Today's episode features Kristen Palmer, the Director of Online Learning Programs at the University of Virginia. She facilitates the assessment and fulfillment of e-learning needs and helps support faculty development. Kristen has a wealth of experience connecting students on a global scale and bridging cultural and geographical gaps to build community amongst learners. Listen in as Kristen and I talk about strategies that you can use to help energize your group discussions. Everyone, and welcome to the Designed for Online podcast. I am here today with Kristen Palmer, who is the director of online learning programs at the University of Virginia. So, welcome, Kristen, and thank you for being with us today. Could you quickly introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Of course, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. My name is Dr. Kristen Palmer. I am the director of online learning programs for the University of Virginia. In that role, I'm responsible for the online.virginia.edu site, which helps prospective students see what online courses are available across the university, as well as providing faculty resources and student resources on how to be effective teaching and learning online. I also own our Coursera portfolio, which is 77 courses and seven specializations hosted on Coursera. Um, With that content, uh, my passion project is I have an African scholarship cohort where we've provided over 33,000 scholarships to learners in every country in Africa. We've now published four books. It's based on the community of inquiry framework. Um, So we have over hundred mentors across Africa and it's been a phenomenal, exciting way to bring free workforce education um, to the continent.
0: That is amazing, Kristen. I don't think I knew about that project. Thank you for sharing that. And now I need to look more into it. I feel so bad yes. that I did not know about this. Thank you. <laughs> no, don't
1: letting... feel bad. It's it's my kind of plus one for UVA. Um, my real job for UVA is Coursera and our website and online teaching and, fa- teaching and learning support. But it is my passion project. Oh, so. nice. And if you don't know this, um, it's estimated by the United Nations that 42% of people 25 years and younger, will be in Africa by the year 2030. So oh, wow. from a global perspective, if you're interested in the United Nations kind of sustainability goals, um, Africa is definitely gonna be the pivot point of youth and you know, how we solve climate and education and gender equity and all those big complex problems.
0: Wow, that is fascinating. Um, so I wanted to start off the conversation today by talking about your experience supporting online faculty and kind of these online courses. So the first question I have for you is, do you think online discussions can be an effective and beneficial tool for online courses?
1: Of course. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I think there's lots of ways they can go sideways and things that uh, would frustrate me. And we'll talk about those in some <laughs> of the later questions. But uh, I definitely am firmly seated in the community of inquiry framework, and I think probably everyone listening to this podcast is understands what COI is. But for anyone that doesn't, it has uh, it's a Venn diagram of three overlapping circles where one is um, cognitive presence, which is you know readings, quizzes, the stuff that we normally think of with teaching, um, and then there's Teaching presence, showing up for your students, knowing who they are, where they're coming from, being available to, to support them. And then there's social presence. And I, and that's, you know, building that community, making people feel like they're part of something. And I really see discussion forums and discussion tools um, as a component of social presence. So like critical tool.
0: I completely agree and I remember you referenced that if it can be done effectively. <laughs> so, that is going to be my next follow-up question for you because yes, I 100% agree that online discussions is a great tool and a resource, but there's certain things that people can do to make them more effective. So, have you seen or what is one common mistake that instructors make when designing discussions for their courses? And How do they fix it? Because I don't want to introduce a problem. We just talked about problems. How do they fix that problem?
1: Well, and there are are a couple, you know, there's the, everybody's had the discussion forums where like, I I agree. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, there's nothing substantive there. Like you're not actually getting people to think or engage with one another. Um, So I think, um, yeah, structuring your discussion forum questions Mm -hmm. so that it's, um, you're opening an avenue for people to give their thoughts and you're providing <clears throat> some feedback and structure for your students to then provide feedback and structure to other people on their responses. Um, that can go sideways really fast. If you're like, it has to be 250 words and you have to. Um, so there's a fine balance there. And I think it's that's more the teaching presence of really understanding who your students are and where they're at. and. What works for them, I think modeling is a very effective way for teachers to show students what their expectation is, um, and kind of calling out students that are doing great um, examples of like, you know, Ashley, thank you so much for that thoughtful response to Kristen's question about blah blah blah, um, and and calling that out so that the class has examples, um, preferably not from like the well, that student gets five stars and you get an <laughs> f. Like you know, so not that judgmental, um, but the modeling in kind of a non-judgmental way that you're illustrating these are good examples. Um, I think the other really common mistake, and we've I think everybody that's taken an online class has had that is when you have this discussion forum that's open all semester and you have people contributing to the discussion forum throughout the semester and so people are getting notifications for a discussion question that they answered two and a half months ago and they don't even remember what it was anymore and it just becomes noise and the students are like overwhelmed because then there's noise and like do I need to go back and respond and you know we know when we're designing online we want to set clear expectations of when things are done and be consistent with You know what our expectations are for participating on discussion forums, or kind of the structure of when we're going to have readings, when we're going to have a lecture, when we're going to have a group activity. Um, So I think that idea of um, you know don't don't leave your discussion forums open the whole entire semester and set expectations for students around you know these are the times. This is going to be kind of the schedule. On usually it's a weekly basis of. We're gonna post a question on Monday. I want you to respond by Wednesday. I want two responses to other responses by Friday and then close it. <laughs> and And maybe everybody doesn't have to participate every week. You know, Maybe they get a pass for, you have to at least participate in the discussion forums eight of the 16 weeks of the semester um, so that when life happens, somebody doesn't lose it because they get an f because they couldn't respond that but don't keep the discussion forums open all semester
0: no i completely agree with that and i wanted to reference earlier in your um answer you had said something about the everyone will post agree or that was a good point or agree and okay I, <laughs> yeah and i have to say when i i was an online student when i was getting my masters and i feel like every discussion was read this article and summarize what you read and then I found that all of the students in my cohort would race to get there first because everyone had the same thing to say. So if you got in last, you'd be like, well, everything was already said. How do I just say exactly what the rest of the students in the class said, but in different words (laughs) type of thing? Yeah, ditto. uh,
1: (laughs) My my 300 words are ditto, 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 ditto. (laughs) This has already been covered by everyone else. I think that's a great example of where it's not working, right? Where it's not a thoughtful question. And we know that being able to recall or summarize something to someone else is a great tool for learning, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's cognitive science 101. That's a great way for people to learn content. But boy, you know, it ends up not creating this great class structure or social presence when... Like you're essentially competing with everyone and trying to say everything differently. It's sideways.
0: Yeah, it definitely can go sideways for sure. So my next question for you is, we talked about ways that it can go sideways and ways that it's not going to work. So have you seen any creative discussion strategies that have emerged during the pandemic or anything that has become more effective? Have you seen anything change since the pandemic, since we've all kind of shifted and had to be somewhat creative in coming up with ways to engage our students in an online environment?
1: Definitely. And I think um, part of what I've seen is we already had the potential to do this, but the pandemic kind of pushed us into doing it. One of my favorite examples is a instructor at the University of Virginia who is teaching a COVID and human sexuality course in J term, which is our short three week January term where students have class every day from eight to five, but it's a, it's a full three or four credit class, but it's in this super abbreviated time. So it's an intense class. Yeah,
0: it sounds like
1: it. And she did, she does discussions every day where it was open and shut for the day and people could show up and be super vulnerable because they were building on this this time. And she used the best practice of like, you don't have to post it every single discussion forum. Like you can pass a few, but like try to show up and you know, it's time sensitive where we're talking about this as a group now. And, you know, please participate. I think um, so really limited windows for people to participate with, you know, the reality that not everybody's going to be able to participate especially if you've got like a global class or you're teaching totally asynchronous where you know people adults will be working or balancing childcare and you know this is their window and <laughs> you have two small kids like i was like doing i your know that life. I <laughs> Yes, exactly. No, I've got like Saturday between 3 and 5 p.m. is my time um, that I'm going to be doing coursework. So I'm not going to be in a live discussion or a synchronous discussion on Friday. Um, but I think the other thing, so I I tend not to be an ed tech tool person. I am definitely a minimalist on that continuum of less is more and trying to have very few tools mm-hmm. um, so that there's not a steep learning curve of like, how do I do this and what's required in this course versus that course. But I do think there's been a lot of effective use of different ed tech tools or different communication channels. So people using TikTok or, you know, Twitter or, you know, Facebook posts or, um, you know, Flipgrid, like lots of different discussions that I wouldn't have Thought of as being discussions before the pandemic. So, like people doing responsive TikTok videos um, or Flipgrid, where, you know, yes, it's a tool, but, you know, actually it can be a discussion tool and having people respond to each other. um, And, you know, so I think there's been more creativity in how we've used different tools as discussion forums. And I think like meeting students where they are for the technologies that they're using in their life. as well as being open to use online learning as a discussion support and social um, community building channel where when we were fully face-to-face we didn't need to. And so the pandemic definitely kind of pushed that envelope for people to try things.
0: Yeah, definitely. I have always um, been a fan of trying to meet students where they are. And so I love the thought. I have not heard of anyone using TikTok before. And so I really like that because I know it's a, a new tool that I I sometimes will watch TikTok, but I don't dabble in it as much. Maybe I could say that maybe it's just not my generation, but I like being able to meet them where they are with the social media. And I have yes. seen um, an instructor who used Twitter For a discussion, which I have found interesting because they said it forced their students, not forced, but it made their students be more intentional about what they were going to say. Because when you have like everyone... 140 characters. Yeah. And instead of saying you need 500 words and it's all that fluff, but if you really limit them into how many characters, they have to be so thoughtful. And they said it was some of the best discussions that they've had was just because of how concise and what everyone had to think about... um, how their responses were going to go. And now I'm distracted. Kristen has her cat that has come to
1: visit. <laughs> that I said, wasn't allowed in my husband totally let the cat in and then the cat also got in the door. So hopefully he will not meow. He's, he was giving me the evil eye cause he wanted to come in and now he's in front of the camera. Well, and, and I'm going to go off on a little bit of a segment where, you know, with, with Twitter, one of my favorite um, instructors is the Plaid Avenger from Virginia Tech, which is the arch nemesis of the University of Virginia. Um, But uh, he's a history, political science professor. And there are so many things I love about the way he teaches. One of them is he allows students to pick the assessments that they're gonna do. They just know they have to accrue a certain number of points, but he gives them, it's a great universal design of learning, right? Where he gives them so many choices and then people can pick what works for them. Mm -hmm. But one of my favorite assignments that he has is this Twitter where they have to, where they can choose. They can choose to be a a pretend world leader for a day. So I'm gonna pretend to be Justin Trudeau from uh, Canada and I'm gonna tweet what he would tweet out during the day. And it really helps them understand like what the heck is going on, like what are policy concerns? What are public concerns? And um, students really have to distill and summarize and like be able to understand the big picture, but it's that succinct summary of, you know, there's a real skill to that um, for being able to communicate and be able to summarize what people are thinking and saying. And um, so I think that limiting factor can be really helpful.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I can't believe you referenced Virginia Tech when it is our arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's our arch nemesis, but it, it, he's it's his stuff. If you have an opportunity, it's just, yeah, you know, I love seeing people that practice really well and kind oh, yeah. of walk the talk. And he is definitely one of those instructors where, you know, you can make comic books. You can, there are all sorts of choices. It's a great-
0: I love that.
1: Very inclusive design.
0: Yes, I love that. Um, So I think this is a great time that we are going to take a brief pause for this episode's brain break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about what advice Kristen has for instructors to facilitate connection within their online courses. Hello, everyone. I hope you are enjoying the conversation with Kristen Palmer. I know I certainly am, but I wanted to take this moment to give you a little bit of a brain break by presenting this episode's trivia question. But before I present the new trivia question, I wanted to give you the answer to last episode's trivia question, which was, what is the only zodiac sign that's not represented by a living creature? The answer, Libra. Libra's sign is the scales of balance and therefore is not a living creature. This episode's trivia question, which I'm really excited about because I did not know the answer to this one, and I'm hoping that you do. The question is, which mammal has no vocal cords? Which mammal has no vocal cords? And we're back. I hope everybody enjoyed their brain break. So before we left and had a brain break, Kristen, we talked a little bit about effective and creative discussion strategies, but I wanted to take it one step further and ask, what role do you think online discussions will play in an increasingly online learning environment? And how do you think the online discussion will need to evolve?
1: I think this is a great question. And I would my guess is that there are others that are going to be seeing this trend as well, but I feel like during COVID so many people look to their peers and their community for, you know, effective practice or building relationships or managing stress. And I think that, you know, as a culture at this point in time, we're pivoting to the need for community, that whole social animals. We've been socially distanced. We need to come together. We feel this need to come together. And what does that look like? And how does technology mediate that? And so I feel um, we are going to see more and more communities of practice and online communities where we want to have discussion and we're really frustrated at the limitations of the tools. And it's just, you know, Learning management systems, I tend to, you know, like draw a circle on the wall and go ahead and put your, you know, start pounding it with your head. They're just not awesome, right? And so I think um, as a as a global society, we have realized the need to connect with one another via technology because that can keep us physically safe while also being able to mm-hmm. connect. And so I think we're going to see a lot more um, different technology tools and methods over the next few years come out because of that need. Sort of like we're seeing that that Zoom class and Engagely, and we're seeing more technology platforms develop that are based on that community and trying to represent more of that social structure. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see more and more tools that hopefully will be you know, more intuitive or feel more natural because um, some of the tools we have are not awesome. Most of the tools we have are not designed for well for this. So, I think we're going to see a trend of new tools coming out and and it will be an increasing trend of people wanting to find that community and connect but mitigated through technology.
0: Yeah. I completely agree. And I think one thing at least for me when I was a student was the lack of and granted I was an asynchronous student and I understand everybody has different schedules. But when we have asynchronous discussions, sometimes I would have like something that I would post and then having to wait and see if anybody else responded. And I always miss that instant feedback that I would get. And I was working with an instructor who was telling me that she implemented Slack in her course because she wanted students to be able to go out into the world. And if there was something that they saw, or like a picture or just a scenario or something that they could immediately go to their phones, which... I don't want to say everybody nowadays, but a majority of us have our phones on us can quickly snap a picture and post it in Slack. And then everyone gets that alert of, Hey, something's going on. And I think there is something to be said about that instant feedback of knowing that somebody else could be out in the world and being able to be like, Hey, that relates to something that I read about in class or something like that. And being able to be able to instantly go and granted our LMS canvas has an app in which you can go in and have on your phone to be able to do that. Um, but I think there's going to need some of these new tools that are going to be coming out, I think, definitely needs to have some sort of instant way for everybody to communicate in a way. Um, so I would agree with that. And I'm excited to see what tools come out. Because I'm sure there's things that I can't even fathom that is going to come out and be like, why didn't I think of that? I would <laughs> be, be a awesome. millionaire
1: if I thought yeah, <laughs> well, it will just that. You well, know, I do think um, there are these larger societal trends, right? Like we understand – we are social creatures, and we want to connect. We we understand that sometimes there are health issues where it's just not safe for us to be physically present, whether it's in a classroom or um, in other social situations. And then we have we have other kind of societal trends around, you know, the the instant satisfaction, right? Like I, you know, there's studies that talk about the response time for on websites for when students are looking for information on online programs. Mm -hmm. And it's eight seconds, you know, they want a response in eight seconds about the program and they wanna know how much it costs, how long it's gonna take, um, when, you know, what's the schedule and, you know, that kind of instant. And then then that personalization, right? So I go onto Netflix and it tells me what movies I think it thinks I will like, like there's an algorithm that's running that's saying, hey, you're gonna do that. And I think we're gonna see more and more the focus on community through technology, but personalization and like that kind of instant connection um, Mm -hmm. where there are ways to curate communities. And it's not, you know, you can look back and be like, hey, this seems like technology from the 80s in some respects where it's like, (laughs) okay, when was MySpace again? Um, But I do think we're going to see more and more tools that are catering to that creating community that instant connection. Um, but you can also kind of curate and and kind of that community of practice. I think there's gonna be, I don't know what it looks like, but I do think there are gonna be more kind of communities of practice that are emerging, um, sort of like YouTube channels, but not on not video based. Like there's gonna be conversation channels. So some ed tech entrepreneur is like, I'm gonna do that. I
0: know somebody's (laughs) listening right now. You heard it here first. (laughs) Okay. So I have one final question for you. What is one piece of advice that you would like to leave listeners in regarding facilitating connection with their online courses? Because I know we've talked about how important that connection is. So do you have any advice for our listeners?
1: Yeah, I think we're human. Right and like realize, you know, this is more of a human comment. But so often when we're teaching or we're in a class, like it's we create the story we tell ourselves of like, oh, that person's not participating because they're not finding my content interesting or I'm not structuring this correctly. And you know, show up. Like, don't stop the story and like actually connect with the person. Um, We are human beings, we need to connect with one another and show up for each other and be open and listen. And sometimes, you know, that vulnerability of the learning journey and kind of learning new things, um, it's hard. And so I think, um, it's kind of setting aside all of those technology tools and the, you know, I am a community inquiry research framework. So I definitely put, there's all that stuff. Um, But I do think, you know, being human and allowing other people to be human um, and, you know, being generous with that because we all need community. It's important.
0: I think that is a beautiful answer. (laughs) Thank you for that piece of advice. And I think everybody needs to be reminded of that. So, yes
1: yeah, we tell ourselves lots of stories, right? Like we make up stories for other people and how they're reacting to us. And, you know, it's hard to show up and see the person as they are and be open to the fact that it's not the story you're telling yourself. Definitely. So,
0: well, I want to thank you again, Kristen, for talking with me today, I'm sure that our listeners got a lot of great recommendations and strategies that they can implement in their course. So thank you again. I truly appreciate it.
1: It has been an honor. I'm so grateful. Thank you.
0: ...of Designed for Online. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Kristen Palmer. It is clear that community and discussion are critical components in effective online learning. We hope that this episode has provided you with some practical tips and insight on how to design online discussions that both energize learner participation and connection. As we continue to navigate and learn more about teaching in online environments, it is important that we remain reflective of our instructional practices and learn from both our successes and failures in order to continually improve the student learning experience. If you have an exciting topic you want to hear on our future Designed for Online episodes, feel free to email me at ac8ga virginia.edu. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon.